Grateful. What are you grateful for? Welcome back to quarantine season. My name is Eller Camacho. Before we start, make sure to follow quarantine season on Instagram at quarantine season podcast to stay updated. I have a special guest here joining me today. She's a friend of mine from my undergraduate days at Georgia State University in Atlanta, Georgia. She majored in biology and after she graduated, she went on to pursue the PA life and now is working as a physician's assistant outside of Atlanta. Her specialty is in urology. She lives in Atlanta with her cat, Samson. She has such a great personality and a warm heart, and she is always real with you no matter what. I can't wait for you all to get to meet her. I'll let her introduce herself. Hi, everybody. My name is Gracious. You know, Lisette, thanks for giving me the opportunity to be a part of this platform. Yes. Um, I look forward to our discussion. Yes, I'm so happy. Like, it's like a little reunion in a way. Right. I mean, I can't believe it's been, wow, six years since you graduated from college. It's been a crazy six years for the both of us, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. So how are you doing? Life has been treating me well. You know, I'm blessed to still have a steady stream of income. I'm still employed. I've remained healthy throughout this pandemic despite going to work. My family's remained healthy. My friends have remained healthy. And the ones that did contract the virus bounced back gloriously, which is a blessing. You know, the past couple years have been good to me. And I couldn't be more grateful and more happy with where I am in my life right now. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm so happy that everything is going well for you yeah. in your career. And I know you've been making big moves too <laughs> yourself. <laughs> yeah, I I try. I try. I'm trying. Yeah, I um I'm yeah, I'm currently prepping to do a short film in April. It's that's called, exciting. Yes, it's called Still in Love. It's about a married couple determines if their love is strong enough to keep them together as they face life-changing decisions. Is this one that you wrote? Yes, I wrote the film and I will be directing it. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Uh, I I just finished putting the crew together, so I'm so excited to film it. And I made sure I hired a COVID officer just yesterday to make sure that everyone is safe on set. That's awesome, Lizette. Thank you. And since Thanksgiving is coming up, just yeah. for the people that don't really celebrate it, it's where families and friends gather together celebrating the harvest and other blessings of the past year. I know things are different now, but in the previous years, how have you celebrated Thanksgiving? Well, Thanksgiving has always been a production in the Brown household. You know, we have my immediate family, but then of course each of my siblings now have generated in you know, made their own families. And while they all do their own thing, it has been a family tradition for us to all congregate at my mother's house. So my siblings, their significant others, their children, but not just us, it's my mother's siblings and their children as well. And since the passing of my grandfather, well, my grandmother first, and then my grandfather, you know, many years later, my mom's kind of been the center, so to speak, of our family, immediate and extended. So 
everybody kind of looks to her at this point to be the great communicator and the one that brings everybody together specifically on holidays so it's always a food production we always come up with our best dishes you know we always argue about who should bring what and who makes the best macaroni and who makes the best gravy and whoever fits the bill for that particular year they bring their thing um you know my mom has a little bit of a hard time relinquishing certain dishes to others but (laughs) she actually she was in a car accident two years ago oh wow no that um yeah that led to her breaking her wrist and of course nobody really wanted to eat the food of anyone that has a whole like arm cast on so I was her protege and she kind of coached me through making all of Thanksgiving two years ago and that that tradition I guess it's now a new tradition. It's something that she actually enjoyed. She enjoyed relinquishing the duty of just supervising as opposed to taking over all of the cooking responsibilities. Um, But this year is obviously going to look very different than the past. So how will you be celebrating this year? Well, my mother has been almost like a a COVID warrior. She is not accepting really of any visitors um interestingly enough i mean she allows me to come around because she knows i have to be responsible for the sake of you know my patients and that she feels really comfortable and confident that i don't go anywhere unmasked but unfortunately not everybody in our family unit is as responsible as me and that's just the truth of it Mm -hmm. you know we've got i've got plenty of nieces and nephews that have gone back to school now and while schools of course request the use of masks children are children and yeah (laughs) really you can't really rely on your health safety and leave that up to a first or second grader you know Mm -mm. so this year is going to be very different she's been very strict about who she allows to be in her presence and the holidays are no exception to that. When as sad as it is, I, I completely understand her decision because she is, you know, older. Um, she's 66 and she does have some other health comorbidities. And if she were to contract COVID, I'm, I feel confident that she would bounce back, but it's one of those things where we really wouldn't know. And it's not something that I really want to find out either. So this year she has invited me to her home we're gonna have our traditional thanksgiving dinner together and whoever wants to do a what we call a drive-by not a violent one but a loving one where everybody stays in their vehicle we stand yeah. outside and we share each you know share love to each other in a distance way and I'm sure people and people being in my family will probably want plates and she'll probably go ahead and have to-go plates ready for anybody that wants one. Um, But as far as our typical people coming in and out of the house as they please, sitting down, watching football and drinking and being merry, that won't be the case this year. I think it's just going to be me and her in the house this year with everybody else. Of course, you know, being able to quote-unquote lovingly drive by yes definitely it's yeah. sad but it's oh, so um, sad like thanksgiving I mean, is one of my favorite holidays 
Absolutely, it's one of mine too. It's, it's definitely top five holidays out of the year for me. I mean, the beautiful thing is that we're not forgoing at least the food tradition. And I think for most people, Thanksgiving is, it, it, of course, it's about the camaraderie of love and, and, you know, being grateful for your blessings. But we all look forward to Thanksgiving dinner. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's a staple for most families. And so I, I'm happy that I at least don't have to give up on the food. Aspect. Oh, yeah. you know hey if all I have to do is watch y'all from the car I'm cool with that as long as I can get you know my first round of turkey and rice and my second ham and mac and cheese and then I'm good for the day I don't need nothing else after that what about you what are y'all's plans yeah it's gonna be a small Thanksgiving we usually go to our neighbor's house and celebrate there and then Mm -hmm. we celebrate at home and my mom is from Puerto Rico and my dad is from St. Croix in the Utah Virgin Islands. Right. It's, and so my mom combines the American traditions with the Caribbean and Puerto Rican traditions. And it's, oh my God, the food is amazing. I bet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Remember the last time you came for my 21st birthday? That was like 10 billion years ago. <laughs> and my mom cooked the rice. Your mom is absolutely amazing. Yeah, I love I her. I mean, so funny, so graceful, so classy, but still knows how to have a good time. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That was forever ago. For good time to do. <laughs> yeah. Going back to your PA life, what got you into specializing in urology? I'll be honest with you, Lisette, urology was truly an unexpected decision for me so when I'm when you're in school you are tasked with completing certain clinical rotations that are required for you to obtain your degree but you also have the opportunity to choose from different specialties or subspecialties if that's something that you want to learn more about so of course the core rotations include things like emergency medicine internal medicine pediatrics all of which are things that are required um, by any medical board in order to practice and obtain a degree in some form of medical science as an advanced or even a regular medical provider. And while I was in school, from a social standpoint, not too much has changed, but at the time, there was a huge revolution in the shift towards incarceration medicine and the safety of inmates and the care that they were receiving. Specifically, the Sandra Bland story was something that I was really passionate about and was very relevant at the time that I was a student. And so that kind of pushed me to be interested or become interested in incarceration medicine. And I actually wrote my thesis on mental health and mass incarceration because I was just that driven by the topic itself. So when I was in school, I was very interested in doing a clinical rotation in incarceration medicine to see if this was something that I could not only preach about, but be about and, you know, see what it was really like to be a clinician in a prison or jail setting. 
And unfortunately, the rotation that I had set up at the time fell through because the preceptor was retiring and was training a new hire. And she just couldn't commit to teaching while training for her replacement, which is completely understandable. So I was kind of scrambling at the last minute to find a specialty and somebody that would take me on as a student, which is difficult to do, especially in when I wasn't interested in repeating one of the core rotations that I'd already done. Fortunately enough, I knew that the hospital I was at the time training at, which was at Erlanger, which is affiliated with University of Tennessee, they had plenty of urology advanced practitioners, uh, primarily for them nurse practitioners, but nonetheless, they had a large staff of people in a residency program that was relatively new. So there weren't many residents involved in that particular training program, which is even more beneficial for a student that's trying to learn. And luckily, they accepted me as a student. And I'll be honest, I've been pretty smitten with urology ever since. It was never the original plan. But once I started the rotation, I realized that this was something that I truly enjoyed. I love the hands-on aspect of things and that there's lots of procedures. Interestingly enough, people don't really look at urology as being procedure heavy, but it is. And then there's also a lot of, you know, non-procedural, just regular clinical routine things to see as well. A wide range of disorders that are very benign to even several different malignancies that we treat and manage within the urology service alone without the assistance of any other subspecialties and so while it's a small surgical subspecialty it's one that certainly entails a lot of different disorders and diseases that most people really probably don't think twice about but are of course a very prevalent issue that a lot of people face especially here in the U.S. Yeah that's that's really wonderful I feel like when something doesn't work out there's something out there that's that's actually better for you you're right. I mean, when when one door closes, you know, you often wonder why, especially if it's a door that you weren't really expecting to have closed. But usually in due time, you, you realize and you see that what's next for you is certainly what was best for you. And while it may be difficult to accept in the moment, of course, once the positivity comes about after that level of disappointment, you realize it was worth the struggle. Yeah, it really, it takes me back. I, I know the listeners know this, that when, when I let go of medicine, it was like breaking up with someone to just realize that screenwriting was the path for me. And, and taking that leap was terrifying. I didn't think I'm that, sure. yeah, like moving across country to California to pretty much start a new career wasn't exactly where I saw myself. <laughs> and yeah, I'm sure your family didn't either. Oh no, my like my mom um, and and my and my brother, my middle brother. He, my middle brother. I think he took it the hardest. He was like so saddened because he was like, "Okay, so I'm gonna be the lawyer, and then you're gonna be the doctor." So it was it was a thing. It was a thing. And um, yeah, 
but now the support is so there's so much support that I have been receiving now people in my family they had some doubts they had some doubts and some of them keep asking me so what's the next career jump and I'm like no this is it and they're like no but really what is it and I'm like no I'm done (laughs) yeah but you know you shouldn't have to prove anything to anybody you just live your life the way you want to live it and that's it because they don't have to live it you do right I mean listen my whole philosophy to things is this as long as you are not depending on these people for any form of like financial stability and as long as you're making things work out for yourself then it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks unless of course somebody else is directly depending on you Mm -hmm. for financial stability then of course it's a different level of responsibility that one should assume but if you're taking care of yourself and you're not struggling and the people around you aren't struggling then do what makes you happy yeah And so as next year comes, do you feel like you have hope that things will get better? I'll be honest with you, Asset. Half of my spirit says I'm hopeful that people will be responsible because the hope that I do have lies in the responsibility of the people because that's what it really comes down to. I mean, if if people were responsible from the jump, Asset, this pandemic would have been over a long time time ago but unfortunately people in general lack common sense and I'll give you this particular story that many of people I know that have contracted the virus have of course had the same instance or situation where they've been in a small group setting they rely and depend on the honesty of the people that they are amongst and that none of them had felt ill or felt unwell because of course like why why would they be out if they were recently sick right but Mm -hmm. unfortunately people again lack a lot of common sense they may feel unwell for a day or two miraculously they're better and they don't think twice about going to get tested to make sure that it wasn't COVID. But because they felt better, they're like, oh, I'm going to go out. I'm going to go to this gathering. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. All the while, they are the spreaders. And it's so frustrating because as a clinician, right, I feel like I personally, I just can't relate. Like, I don't understand people that, especially in the midst of a pandemic, would feel unwell get better for a day or two and then not think to get tested for the sake of the people that might be around them. That's the part that I don't understand. And so half of my spirit puts good faith in that people would be responsible in that regard. But because I know that not everybody is, um, I'm trying to think of a nice way to put it, but not everybody is smart in the decisions that they make. And until people actually wise up and do what's right, this will forever be a thing. And I don't know if it'll go away in our lifetime, to be very frank with you. I just think that people are going to have to learn how to adapt to it and learn how to be responsible knowing that this exists. Do I have a lot of faith in the vaccine? You know, I have as much faith as Pfizer does, but I I don't see millions of people lining up to get this vaccine, you know, in the next year. It might happen after 2021, 
as people feel it out and see how other people respond to the vaccine. But I think that some people will be more responsible next year. But girl, down here in Atlanta, it's, it's, you would think you wouldn't even think that COVID was a thing because people are just being yeah. that ignorant. I've seen it. I've seen it for myself. People go into stores just like, the, and they go into restaurants. And the thing is, is that I even just saw on the news how the governor, he just compared to other states, he just recommends people to wear a mask. Recommends. This is so irresponsible. Like, it, it baffles me. It almost is insulting when I go places and people aren't masked. And even though I never worked in a COVID unit while I was in the hospital, I mean, it's undeniable the havoc that it wreaked, especially in the healthcare realm. The amount of people that lost their lives, the amount of people that ended up losing their jobs, like these are all things that are undeniable. And while a lot of people were at home, isolated, working from home, they may not have gotten the opportunity to see the kind of chaos that I experienced almost daily around me. And so when I go out and I see people that aren't being responsible, I actually take personal offense to that because they must not know the depth of how wild things really were at one point. And it's, it's just, it's the ultimate form of disrespect. And sometimes I just have no no problems or qualms with just saying it out loud. Like, how could you be so responsible? It's disrespectful. Like, I'm gonna need you to stay away from me. You know, you're too close to me. I have no problems with saying that, especially when I'm at the grocery store. I've called out plenty of people just ruthlessly. Like, okay, you wanna come in here without a mask? Make sure you stay a good seven feet from me. You walking too close to me get away from me and that's just how I feel if they have a problem with it then my dude go put your mask on or just get the hell away from me that's the bottom line if I feel away and you don't well you don't like what I have to say then the only issue in the equation is you really because I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing you're the one that's not so yeah it's true it's very true like I even went to a pumpkin patch in early October and me and my friends were wearing a mask. It was outside, of course, and no one else was. And no one else around us were, and they were looking at us as if we were the aliens in the bunch. No, we're not yeah, the weirdos. No. You were the weirdos that aren't wearing a mask. Like it's, what? Again, it's just people are so ignorant. That's the best way to put it. And I think a lot of it has to do with the insensitivity or lack of knowledge of knowing the brunt work and how bad things really were at one point. Now, granted, you might see a couple healthcare workers, nurses, the whole nine that might be out here living their best life irresponsibly, but the large majority of us don't. And I think that's the disconnect, right? These people that have corporate jobs that didn't really have to interact with other people, I think usually those are the ones that have the least respect for proper guidelines because, again, it didn't really impact them the same way it did for somebody like me, right? Mm -hmm. So that's my only guess. It's either that or people. I mean, again, it's just their ignorance. It's one of the two or both. Yeah, yeah. And to end it off, what advice would you give people who want to celebrate Thanksgiving this year but safely? So if they want to celebrate Thanksgiving in their usual normal fashion, 
my recommendation would be to take the entire week of Thanksgiving off, get tested maybe that Monday or Sunday even, isolate for the appropriate number of days until Thanksgiving. That way, you know, you're not spreading the virus to anyone. And if they can ensure that any other willing participants would be to basically doing the same thing as them, then of course it would be safe to congregate in a group. But there has to be that level of trust within the group. And if that trust in, in any capacity they feel might be breached, then my only recommendation at that point would be truthfully what the CDC is recommending, which would be outdoor gatherings with masks. Um, I don't even know how the weather's supposed to be next week, but if it has to be a group gathering, it should be outdoors and it should be distant. You know, hopefully somebody in the family has a nice big yard where that could be easily achieved. But if not, and people want to be indoors and live like the pandemic's not a thing, then they should get tested and isolate appropriately. Do all their shopping now and go into lockdown starting Sunday after they get tested. And then it could be a good old fashioned link up on next Thursday. That would be my advice. Yeah. And would you say the same thing for Christmas and New Year's, right? Absolutely. For me, Christmas, I put it a little bit higher on the totem pole than Thanksgiving. So same. I'm personally going to try and advocate for my family to do things in a get tested and isolate manner and hope that everybody complies. But if not, then hey, well, it'll just be me and my mama at the crib on Christmas too. And everybody can do a drive by. Yeah, and there's also Zoom. Oh, yep. Zoom's always the same, but girl, you know, they want to come in for the food. That's really what it comes down to. Very true. So, you know, yeah, we like to see each other, but everybody really want to get a good meal in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because they're tired of the frozen dinners. They want some real stuff. Right, and they want mamas and grandmas good real food, you know, what we've had for decades and decades. And Mm. for some people, you know, that's hard to let go, even in the midst of a pandemic. Mm. Yeah, I I can't even, like, my mom's cooking, oh my gosh, I can't, I don't know. (laughs) I can't even imagine, like... Easter this year was dreadful for me. Like the fact that I couldn't have her Easter meal and I was in my living room alone at Easter just broke my little heart to pieces. Cause that's when things were really at its thickest. It was like April-ish and everybody mm-hmm. just was freaking out and didn't know what the hell to do. But luckily things have evolved and people are a, a lot more knowledgeable about what to do what not to do all we can do is pray that people use their good judgment with the knowledge that we do have about this issue yes definitely thank you so much for sharing your medical knowledge with everyone i really appreciate it and just thank you for joining me today gracious it was so thank you so... for having me Lisa. it was good to talk and catch up yes definitely And for the rest of you, see you back here next Monday. Stay safe and be well. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone.